You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Contentment. Tonight I want to speak to you on that subject, the Christian and contentment. The Christian and contentment. And Father, we do pray that you'd help us tonight, those that are here in person, uh, Lord, those that are watching online, and, and I pray all of us will just uh, draw a circle around ourselves. May the Spirit of God just uh, help us tonight. Uh, Lord, I love these people, and I want to help them, and, and I pray that all of us, uh, Lord, will just grow because we're in your house tonight, and we're looking at your word, and, and we've got an attitude that uh, is just... Uh, anticipating what you have for us. And so I pray that our hearts, our minds would be opened. I pray that you would just lead us, uh, strengthen our faith, uh, correct us in our errors. Uh, but Lord, just, just grow us tonight. And so we pray that you'd bless. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen. You can be seated. And so when we look at this area uh, of contentment, contentment is such a, a vital role in the believer's life. Look again with me at verse number six. Uh, the Bible says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Let's read that together. You ready? But godliness with contentment is great gain. Now that word gain there is literally the word profit. Godliness with contentment is profit. Now, when you, talk about, when you talk about resources, ROI is something that's important, that return on investment. You're talking about an investment, you want to see profit. You want to see that it grows. You want profit. And God says, godliness with contentment is great gain. It is, it is uh, profit there. So contentment, uh, it's one of those words that uh, it, it's sort of elusive. It's a word that we may even tell ourselves that we are content, but all we have to do is look at our, our spending statement and see that we're probably not. Does anybody else look at the receipts and wonder, man, where'd that all go? I mean, that, that Starbucks and that McDonald's or that uh, wherever, AJ's, uh, the, the sodas, the, the snacks at the gas station. Deb doesn't, I hate shopping. I mean, and I'm not talking about a little bit. I hate shopping. Uh, I, went, I went shopping for her birthday. Uh, I went to Walmart, and I went to the mall. Oh, my goodness. I almost felt like I had to go take a shower or something. I felt defiled after uh, going in. But, uh, no, I, I really do. I despise shopping. Uh, and, uh, but, Deb, if, if when, we were, uh, when I was a little bit younger, we'd go, we'd go together. And she would hate it. You know why? Because she keep finding stuff in the cart. 
I would, she would be on her list and she has her menu and she knows exactly what she's going to get and she doesn't get anything that's not on that list. She has so much character uh, and before she goes shopping, she looks at, she has a menu for the entire week. She knows exactly what we're going to eat for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Uh, she has it all figured out. And then she goes through the pantry. She knows what food we have, what spices she needs, what uh, she'll go through. And she's got it all figured out down to the, to the meal for every little thing. And so she's right on point. She'll see something she likes and she'll just keep on going. I see something I like and it goes in the cart. And then it turns into a game. She'll pull something out and I slide something in. And the game is to figure out if I can get it to the checkout before it gets pulled out. Uh, and, you know, uh, contentment though. Sometimes we're not as content as we would think that we are. And this area of contentment really does make a difference in our whole focus. Let's back up and look at some of these verses again. Uh, uh, the Bible says, verse 7, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. And that's the truth, isn't it? You know, one of these days, we're going to take our last breath. And all of the things that we just had to have, we're not taking it with us. Somebody else is going to get it at a bargain price. They're going to go to a garage sale or a state sale, or they're going to find it at the dump because nobody else wanted to deal with it. And we can't carry it out. And it says in verse 8, And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Food and raiment. Now, you stop and think about that, and we'll get into here, this here in a second. There is no house mentioned here. Contentment boiled down to food and clothing. That means that the person that's homeless, according to the Bible, they could be content. And we'll go there, but we'll go to Matthew and we'll find that God uses these same two items again. Now, I'm not saying that I want to be homeless. I like comfort. Mrs. Patterson and I were talking about that this morning. We are so spoiled. And I, and I, I like being comfortable. I like being warm. It was cold this morning. It was cold. Uh, started my truck, had to wait for it to, uh, I mean, it was just all iced over and I didn't want to wait for it to, uh, uh, to thaw. So I rolled down the side windows. I opened the door, got my head out. And in my long commute, I drove with my head out the door, uh, because I, I wanted to be able to get over here and I didn't want to wait for the, uh, for it to, to, uh, uh, to defrost. Uh, but I like creature comforts. But God says that we could be content or should be able to be content with food and raiment. Verse number nine, he says, but 
So in comparison, in contrast to those that could be content with food and raiment, he goes on, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. So what do we find here? We find that this lack of contentment with food and raiment and now there is a desire to be rich. So is the Lord saying that will to be rich is something above food and raiment? Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong to have a house. I'm glad we have houses, have homes. That's a good thing. But he says, they that will be rich... That means that that is their will, that is their drive, is the monetary gain. They that will be rich drown themselves. He says they fall into a temptation and a snare. Now, uh, if, if you have done any hunting or uh, uh, any history on like maybe the trappers uh, and you look at some of the traps that they would have and they would put traps out, uh, snares out to catch the different animals and, uh, and there was a process. And the Lord, what he's, he used this term uh, of a snare uh, and that is a device to, to capture you. It is a device to maim you. It is a device to incapacitate you. And you stop and think, how many believers get off track because of a job? Well, I can make more money doing this. I can earn more. I'll have more. And, and I'm not saying that it, it's, it's not wrong to have possessions. I think, I think that we should be good stewards. I think that if you are a good steward, that you will increase the resources that God has given to you. When we look in the parable uh, of the stewards, we find the, that uh, each one of them, the ones that God looked at and said, well done, thou good and faithful servant, they doubled what God gave them. The one that the one that just maintained was called a wicked and slothful servant. He didn't lose it, but he didn't do anything with it. And so I think that as good stewards, we need to take and grow what God gives us. I think it is, it is uh, something that should be taking place. He said that you should have put it to the banks and you should have got usury or interest on it. You should have had some kind of gain. That money should have been working. And so, so the Lord wants us, I believe as good stewards, that we should be growing. We should take what God gives us and use it. And that it should be it should be growing but why is it growing why should it be growing is it growing so we can fulfill our lack of contentment or is it for his kingdom you see there's a difference if it's about my kingdom then Man, I'm going to get 
hunting trips and I'm going to get uh, guns. And you say, well, pastor, how many guns do you need? Just one more. Just one more. And, uh, and so, uh, but, but with that, you know, contentment, where, where, what is enough? You say, well, 100,000 in the bank would be enough. Well, if you had 100,000 in the bank, that wouldn't be enough. You'd need 200,000 in the bank. And if you had 900,000 in the bank, that wouldn't be enough. You'd need a million. And if you had the million, I mean, you say, well, well, why would somebody need that? Well, just look at what happens in the world around us. There is not contentment. I remember when I was making $3.50 an hour, I got a promotion, went to $3.50 an hour, and then my next promotion was $5.50. I mean, a $2 an hour raise, I was like, ka-ching, ka-ching. I mean, I'm going to be rolling in the dough. I wasn't, but uh, uh, there was sort of that mindset. And, and I thought, man alive, I mean, that's a huge raise. And it was a huge raise. But you know what? It wasn't very long that my, my cost of living was at that price. And so for... For me to do anything different, I had to have another raise, and you get that next raise, and what happens? You bring your cost of living up. And so whether you're making 30000 you're making 50000 you're making 70000 or you're making 100000 a year, uh, a lot of times everybody's in the exact same scenario because their cost of living has raised to the income level. Why? Because we're not content. We're not, we're not content. Contentment. Uh, this is a big deal. And he goes on. He says that uh, it is a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts. Foolish and hurtful lusts. These are, these are things that are just going to draw us aside. And they are injurious to us. He said they're hurtful. He says, which drown men in destruction and perdition. You know, living in a a life of discontentment will just bury us. And I'm not saying you. It'll bury me just like anybody else. Drowning. There are so many people that are drowning in debt. And they're drowning in debt, not because of how much money that they make or don't make. They're drowning because of this thing called contentment. And we, we have got to be content. So as we're uh, in Stewardship Month, we're going to look at this. So uh, contentment. There are these... Uh, uh, two two friends and they were they were talking one day and uh, this one man came to the other friend and uh, and he was just overwhelmed and he was sad and uh, and the the other friend was trying to figure out what was going on and he's like hey what's up what's going on and he said let me tell you he said uh, he said three weeks ago he said my uh, uncle died and he left me forty thousand dollars so the other friend's thinking. 
<laughs> that sounds pretty good to me. You know, sorry your uncle died, but, you know, uh, he, he left you $40,000. And uh, the, the guy that was uh, uh, sad, he's like, well, the other guy said, that sounds like a lot of money. And he says, yeah, but that's not, that's not all. He said, he said, two weeks ago, a cousin that I never knew, he died and he left me $85,000. And this guy is just being distraught over this. And he's like, so you don't know this man? And he left you $85,000? And he says, yeah. And he was just overwhelmed just with sadness. And, uh, and then the friend says, well, sounds like you've been pretty blessed. And, and the guy says, no, that's not the end of it. He said, uh, he said you don't understand. Uh, he said, then my, my, uh, uh, my great aunt just passed away and I inherited a quarter of a million dollars from her this last week. And so this friend is trying to figure out, well, what is, why are you so sad? Uh, I mean, here you had all this money come in. And, uh, and so he's like a little confused. He says, then why are you so sad? He said, because this week I didn't get anything. You know, we, we, we laugh at something like that, but the reality is, we sort of can get sucked in to that type of mentality. To where we are just expecting. And, and that type of an attitude definitely uh, is, is not helpful. And so uh, here, let's go back to verse number 8. We'll look at this area of contentment. 1 Timothy 6, 8, And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Go to Matthew chapter 6, and we'll look at verse 24. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, and we're going to cross-reference this because you're going to notice this food and raiment is going to be brought up again. The Lord himself is teaching here uh, the Beatitudes and so Matthew chapter 6, look at verse 24. The Bible says, No man can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Notice that, ye cannot serve God and mammon. It's not that uh, you, you, you probably won't. It's you cannot. It's, it's either we're serving God or we're serving money. You're, you're not going to serve both. You're not going to serve uh, God and mammon. Uh, if we either serving God or we're serving mammon, but you're not going to serve both of them. Uh, he goes on, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on, is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Notice here the, the comparison that the Lord Jesus is using when he's talking about this area. And he, he is teaching them, and he makes the statement, uh, they sow not, neither do they reap. So he's talking that these these, uh, they're, they're not uh, out trying to earn and gain and uh, laboring to bring in. Uh, he goes on and says, uh, he said that uh, they, they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? 
Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like unto one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So in verse number 30, we see the clothing being mentioned, uh, the raiment. Uh, verse 31, we see the food being mentioned. So, so when we're back in Timothy, it was food and raiment, let us therewith be content. And the Lord here is talking about food and raiment uh, and that we shouldn't be even worrying about that. Uh, so, so with that, uh, we see that uh, this, this, he said, take no thought. So the word thought there uh, is the, the word Mary Manat, Maneo, uh, Marimaneo, and it means to worry or to be concerned with. God says, don't be worried about the clothing. Don't be worried about the food. Don't be worried about the morrow. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be prepared. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a will. I'm not saying that you shouldn't invest. Uh, I'm just saying we have to recognize that we can get caught up in that. And we can allow our life to get consumed with trying to just prepare. And the reality is we should just be trusting the Lord. Now, we should work. We should save. We should invest. That's good stewardship. But we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what tomorrow holds. This morning I was listening to the news as I was getting ready. And they were just talking about all of the attacks that are coming in uh, with China and Russia on the, uh, on the internet and on the, the infrastructure of our country. The reality is, what happens if they take over Wall Street? What, what happens if your investment company that you've got everything tied up with, all the banking records are gone? You know what? We would all be on the same playing field. Could it happen? Absolutely, it could happen. Absolutely. Say, Pastor, are you telling everybody to pull their money out of the bank and put it under their mattress? No. 
I'm just telling you the reality is, if that happened, is God any less in control than he is today? Does God, is he going to be hampered to provide for me? If financially we are wiped out? God doesn't need our help. And everything that we have is his anyway. Right? Getting some confused looks here. It all belongs to him. And if he wants it to go away, it'll go away. Do I want it to go away? No. I like security. We live on a budget. We save. I'm trying to prepare for the future. If the Lord tarries is coming, I know I'm not going to be able to pastor forever. I know that day's coming. But the reality is, I'm going to do what I can, but I'm not going to get my life caught up in all of the buying, selling, gain, Tomorrow, tomorrow's unknown. I might not be here tomorrow. You might not be here tomorrow. Maybe we'll all be with the Lord tomorrow. That would be a wonderful thing. But the reality is, the Lord is, he's just trying to get our attention to where we're not living, we're not just allowing our life to be consumed with the, with the working and the making and the saving and the investing and all of it just being caught up there. All of this is going to be left for somebody else. So what am I going to spend my life on? And stewardship really is about how am I taking care of the life he has given me? Am I using it for the Lord's uh, sake? Uh, so go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. I've got to hasten. Philippians chapter 4. And look with me at verse number 10. What we're going to find is contentment is something that has to be learned. It has to be learned. Philippians 4.10. We'll read down through verse 14. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know how uh, both how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, ye have done well that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now the apostle Paul said, I have learned that in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Now, when he was writing to these Philippian people, they, they believed that Paul was in his second imprisonment in Rome uh, and that while he was in Rome, he is now in the imprisonment that he is about to lose his life. This is AD 61, 62, right when Paul is beheaded by Nero. 
He's in prison getting ready to lose his life. And he said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Content. Now, I don't know that I would be content in prison. I would like to think that I would be content wherever God puts me. I knew I never thought I would be content in California. But I have learned. Amen. And, you know, with, with that, though, Paul was not in good circumstances, but he was content. You know, when I talk to our seniors and they start to tell the stories of when they started out, and usually by the time they're sharing these stories, they're settled, they've, they've, they're comfortable, they have what they need, but there is a joy that they have when they start talking about how they started starting with nothing. Brother and Mrs. Miller, they did not have one piece of furniture. They did not have a spoon, a fork when they got married. They had nothing. He took one of those, those uh, wheels that they put wire on, put that in the middle of the house, and that was their table. They slept on the floor. And then when a baby was coming along, they got an apple box. That was the crib. And you know what? They start talking about that, and you could just see them. Just joy. Deb and I, when we were in college, we moved into this little, little it was a cottage uh, in Cedar Lake, Indiana, and literally, I mean, it was, it was on a, it was on piers, and the piers had all sunk, and so the doors wouldn't close inside, and so they took the doors off. Well, then we were having family come over, uh, and Mom Coates was coming to visit, and there were no doors, no doors on the bathroom, no doors on the bedrooms. And so we had to figure out how to, how to get doors in there. And I took these doors that were in storage because they, they couldn't be on the, the house because they wouldn't close. And I didn't have money for a saw. I took a steak knife. And I cut off an inch the bottom of each one of those solid core doors with a steak knife. I mean, it took forever. And I look back at it, and I'm thinking, you dummy, you should have gone down and bought a saw. But we didn't have a credit card. And we were in college, and I wasn't going to lose going to college over a tool. And there was nothing that was going to get us sidetracked from that, that vision, that mission. But we look back at stuff like that. David would be in that little house. He'd set his ball down and it would roll to the... He could play by himself. 
he could throw it up and he'd sit back and it'd roll right back to him and he could kick it. I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was a terrible little house. But we look back at that and there's just all kinds of wonderful memories of it was hard and there were problems, but there was a lot of joy. There was, there was just a contentment with where we were at. You know, in our Christian life, we've got to look around and say, you know what? God has been so good to me. You're saved. God's been good to you. I mean, today, I was uh, just thrilled we, with the Christian school chapel today. Preached and uh, had the opportunity to just share salvation. And we had three kids get saved today. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. What a blessing. And there's a few more that I'm expecting to see them get saved as well. You know, the Lord, Lord's working. You know, we, we have to just be content where we are doing what we can do and not get caught up with, I have to have something new. I have to have that next step. Just being content. And being a good steward, just good stewardship, you will get to enjoy a lot of blessings. It's coming. That's a reality. But being content is a wonderful place to be. And I think we just, as Christians, we've got to just sort of push that little reset button and ask ourselves, hey, am I content? Or am I, am I reaching for something else? Am I, am I trying to, to work for something else? Am I going to put myself in a, in a bad place because I'm just trying to chase that dollar. I'm trying to chase that next promotion. I'm trying to chase that next level. And as believers, the Lord said, having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Contentment. It's a good place for all of us to be. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness to us. And uh, just help us and to look into our own lives and uh, Lord, if we have uh, got our, our focus off a little bit, maybe we have been uh, a little too consumed or preoccupied with uh, the things of this world, I pray that you would help us to recognize that. Uh, Lord, you have provided for us. You have met our needs. And I pray that you would just help us, uh, Lord, to be content. And Lord, we want to do our best for you. We want to be a good steward. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to give you 100%. But at the same time, help us not to uh, put ourselves in a place where we're going to drown uh, in the, the pressures of, uh, of the riches and uh, the gain and getting of wealth and just trying to uh, get the next promotion and all of those things that this world puts such a high stake on. I pray that you'd help us, Lord. Lord, to just be content serving you. And so bless now this invitation. Speak Thank to you hearts, for please. listening. For sake, we, we hope pray. you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.